This is Donald Parham. You're listening to Chargers Unleashed, part of the LA Football Network. Stay diggy. And this is Chris the second, Chargers outside linebacker. And make sure you check out Chargers Unleashed. Shout out to Chargers Unleashed, Sebastian Joseph. They know the vibes. We outside. Are you checking in with Mike Williams from the LA Chargers, and you're tuning in to Chargers Unleashed. You're listening to the Chargers Unleashed podcast with your host, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Efner and Dan Wolfenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, being brought to you by Bet Online, Charger Bolt Family, Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, Super Bowl week officially kicks off. A lot of the LAFB team is already down there in Radio Row. Super Bowl 57 on the horizon. But we're not talking about that today, are we? <laughs> that is not the subject matter. Nor are we talking about no. the incredible Pro Bowl that no. we just witnessed. No. Hashtag no. sarcasm. No. <laughs> Why not? It was so good. What are you talking about? Uh, no, we're, we need to delve into this uh, very big subject matter for the Chargers as we are currently in the thick of the offseason. I know we have the NFL Combine coming up over the next several weeks and, of course, free agency after that. And then, of course, the NFL Draft in the midst of April. But... There is a couple big things that need to take place in the NFL executive office of the Chargers concerning financials. And this very sensitive course, topic, very sensitive topic to lots of Chargers fans. This was, of course, brought to a head over the last couple of days with Daniel Popper's article. If you guys have not read it, just basically his whole full offseason breakdown of everything that the Chargers essentially need to do, possible moves that they could do, possible tough moves that they could would have to just gut out and have to do. Uh, but as it stands right now, the Chargers are in a very, very tough salary cap situation. So Dan and I kind of wanted to elaborate on some of these things that Daniel Popper had brought to light uh, as we, and I know that everybody out there has their own feelings on some either restructures, some surprise cuts, what possibly would need to be done if you want XYZ to happen. So we're going to try to go through this the best they can. Dan's created a bunch of slides, and we're going to go through this um, kind of one by one just to break it all down. So Dan, Chargers Financials, you <laughs> are you ready for this tough conversation? <laughs> lots of dollar signs, lots of commas and zeros. Uh, but no, I think it's important. And I, and I know a lot of folks who our avid Chargers fans, either for a minute or for decades, know how important and also sometimes how much you can work around the salary cap. But at a certain point, you reach a time where some things have to happen. And the Chargers, you'll say what you will about the past, but this last few years, they've been going pretty aggressive with their contracts and extensions and things that they've been dishing out and the trades that they've been making. And they are now looking at kind of the other side of that coin where they have a Justin Herbert contract upcoming. Then they also are now, I think about $20 million over the cap that they need to fix before they can do anything. And that's not including any of the free agents that are on other teams or key free agents that the chargers are wanting slash may need to bring in house or retain. So the goal of today is just to kind of go through what this cap situation is like what the Chargers are looking to do in-house and what their possible options are either trade, via cut, or via restructuring. And so, Jake, I thought it'd be kind of a fun exercise to kind of kick this thing off first with just a little, 
I don't know, trip off to Wendy's, if you will, over to uh, our good friends over at over the cap to kind of go through like what the cap situation looks like for this Chargers team. And for folks who are watching, we've got a nice little visual spaghetti, here. I don't see the spaghetti basket on the menu, by the way. <laughs> I want the spaghetti. I want the spaghetti basket. No, we don't get one of those. Um, but what we do have is a lot of money being dished out to a lot of key guys. And the the first part of this is again, this is just a screenshot showing kind of all the biggest cap number hits for this Chargers roster. And going down this list, Jake, Joey Bosa, thirty-one million dollar cap hit by himself going into this next season. Khalil Mack, $27 million cap hit. Keenan Allen, $21 million. Mike Williams, $19 million. JC Jackson, lots of unknowns there, $17 million. Corey Lindsley, $13 million. Austin Johnson, $9 million plus. Michael Davis, $9 million plus. Derwin James, $9 million plus. Sebastian Joseph Day, $9 million plus. All of those guys I just mentioned have a cap hit of over $9 million in 2023 which has gotten this team into the predicament that they are in. And again, lots of contracts are kind of backloaded, front-loaded, however you want to do it. But usually they're backloaded and the the breadth of the contract is done at the end. So some of these contracts, like the Bosa one, like the Keenan Allen one, those are hitting heavy now. So charge in a predicament. How can they save cap room? How can they retain talent? And how can they get better? And so... All the kind of rumors are starting to speculate around, you know, do they need to cut Keenan Allen? Do they need to cut Joey Bosa? Should they cut either the one of them? What's the restructuring like? Who are they going to keep? That's what we're going to get into today. And so this is actually kind of a fun discussion for me. And we're also going to try to give some possible solutions and ways forward in how this Chargers team can move on. Uh, Jake, over under, in your opinion, two and a half restructures done by this front office before training camp begins with this Chargers team. You know, there's Over-unders a, two and a half. There's a lot of possibility for restructures here when we start going through this list. The hard part about it is, is that when you have this many guys that are getting that type of cap hit, it's a rarity that you can restructure the lot of them. So maybe you get one or two there but something else has to be sacrificed. It's it, it's it's going to be a damn chore one way so or the other. But you I will, the under? What did you put it at? Two and a half? Two and a half. History tells me that I would have to take the under, unfortunately. <sighs> they're gonna need, I think they're going to need a little bit more. So on that, more. on that somber note, <laughs> let's tell you about our friends over at Bet Online, who remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. Always find the latest odds, team matchup info, and player news and game trends over at Bet Online for any sport that you watch that is out there right now. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events. Head on over to betonline.ag and join or receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit and make sure to use that promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, Jake, that's got to give some perspective on what this cap number means and why it's so important. I, I think folks need to kind of see visually sometimes what cap hit means to some of these guys in terms of like, can this be fixed? But before you get to the fix, like the team needs to go forward ideally as is but it's kind of hard to do. So some of the free agents that I think are important that the Chargers team are going to have to consider resigning 
at least consider, if not have to resign. Jake, you and I have talked about the resurgence of Trey Pipkins. We've talked about the importance of a talented linebacker, specifically how impressive Dutrinkle has looked. Jake, you brought up Bryce Callahan as a name that is now on the market again. Morgan Fox, Kyle Vanoy, all of these guys. Key Chargers free agents. Donald Parham's another one. Azir Adderley's another one. That are currently not on the Chargers cap hit for 2023. So if any of these guys need to be re-signed, that's more work that has to be done from a salary cap rework perspective in order for it to be achieved. Again, charges are currently minus 20 million. <laughs> so n- at this point, none of these guys are coming back. For context, that is sixth worst cap situation in the NFL. So <laughs> let's make no mistake about it. If we could put a fly on the wall of VP of Football Administration and Player Finance Ed McGuire's office right now, he's probably sitting there smoking a cigarette, you know, maybe just looking at this big stack of contracts on his table going, what the hell am I supposed to do with all of this? Talk about somebody's job that I would not want to have this current offseason because Ed McGuire is going to be one busy man. But if there's one thing that Ed McGuire has proven that for as long as he has been with this team, and especially over the, the last span of the last five or six years or so, he has shown that he is capable of putting together some very creative contract numbers that actually end up benefiting the Chargers more so in their short term. So let's see when it comes to restructuring possible contracts. Let's see if he can work his magic again. So of those guys, and there might be other ones that I'm not having here, which ones do you think are the most important? And they may just maybe rephrase. Other than Drew Tranquil, Trey Pipkins, are there any other guys on that tier of like the in my opinion, most important re-signings, regardless of cap hit, but just value um, the team. You know, I still think that Drew Tranquil and Trey Pipkins are are one and two at the top of the list in terms of guys that need to be re-signed. As much as I would like to have Bryce Callahan and Morgan Fox for the way that they played this year, I think you have depth at the corner position, and the Chargers may be comfortable giving that slot position to Jasir Taylor now. Morgan Fox... Morgan Fox earned whatever contract he's going to get this year. That's that's for damn sure. So it just may be one of those ones that, given what the Chargers cap situation, depending on what you're able to free up, and let's not forget the Justin Herbert contract situation that we've heard that they want to get that done sometime this offseason, sooner rather than later, you just may not be able to bring a guy like Morgan Fox back, unfortunately. I think I agree. I think I agree. And so essentially, what the Chargers have to, to figure out is how they want to move forward with their current roster. And basically the options that this team has is they can either cut players, trade players, or restructure their contracts. So we're going to kind of go through what those look like and then also go through some possible solutions here. Jake, you've heard, I think I'm going to kind of start this thing off with, let's start with like the restructuring possibilities. You've heard a lot of people that are basically saying like, Keenan Allen, like he's got to get cut. Like he's, he makes too much money. He, he's some people are saying he's slow, which I disagree with. He's still very efficient, very effective. But a lot of people are saying like the Chargers have no choice. Once they resign Mike Williams, they now have no other choice but to cut Mike to cut Keenan Allen. 
categorically, that's false. Like, the Chargers have many ways forward without needing to cut Keenan Allen. Do they have to get creative? Sure. Um, in my opinion, the reason that they would have to cut Keenan Allen or trade Keenan Allen is if they want to get uber aggressive during the free agency period. Remains to be seen. But so, Jake, I, I want to start this thing off with restructuring possibilities. So basically taking the current contract, restructuring it, starting a new one over a period of time, and essentially kicking the can down the road to a different year, future year. So again, remember that $20.38 million, the Chargers are currently under the cap or over the cap, excuse me. Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen, JC Jackson, Corey Lindsley, and among the few, there's a few others. All of these guys are possible contract restructure candidates. And if you add up these numbers, again, this is per over the cap, Daniel Popper as well, added up a bunch of these numbers. If you added these numbers up, Joey Bosa, 15 million plus could be saved with contract negotiation, restructuring, excuse me. Keenan Allen, almost 9 million. JC Jackson, almost 8.2 million. And Corey Lindsley, 6 million. That's $38.5 million that this Chargers team can save. Essentially flipping the script on the current cap, going from like 20 million over the cap to roughly 18 million under just by restructuring those four. Now, early on, Jake, we talked about over under two and a half. This is where that comes into play. They, in theory, they could easily go over. Should they go over? Depends on what type of finance guy you are and where you are with this team and your belief in it being able to win it all next year. But of the restructuring options, which do you find, Jake, to be the most possible? It's really tough when you look at it. I mean, Joey Bosa, yes, obviously, as the biggest possibility in the cap that he has, you would think that that would be an easy target to free up a good chunk of cap space. Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen's interesting, Dan, because am am I? I'm kind of a, on the middle of the road with this because Keenan is essentially has two more years left on his deal. Not to say that I don't want him as part of this team because I do. I would much rather have him in a offense that includes Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer, and hey, maybe a speed wide receiver that you get <laughs> this coming draft, but. I would just be interested to see how this, if you were able to restructure this, exactly how it would look, considering how much time he has left. Because to me, I personally think whether he's restructured or not, that this would be his last year mm. with the Chargers if he plays, um, which makes this an interesting, an interesting situation. If you trade him to gain at to gain assets for him, obviously a team would have to eat. What is that, Dan? Seventeen million of what his his contract actually is somewhere FD. around that neighborhood. So they would have to absolve that. And I'm assuming that you could probably get maybe best case scenario, maybe a, a conditional third round pick that could elevate to a second, depending on playing time, given his injury history. So maybe that would be best case type of scenario that you could get. Is Keenan Allen worth a first round pick? Sure. But because of his contract status, that's what makes it hard to request a first round pick from anyone. Right. So I think, I think contract knocks that down a little bit. Age knocks that down considerably a little bit. And you have to take into the fact his injury history does knock that down a little bit. So that's why I kind of put it, you know, ideally in that ballpark as far as a realistic option goes. Um, Mike Davis. 
Are you referring to? Are you referring cut situation? Cut no, scenario? no. But but this is another interesting aspect here because there is process. There is possibly. I don't. I don't know how you could possibly risk cutting Mike Davis, considering the fact that you do not know what J.C. Jackson is going to look like when he comes back, and what type of time frame his recovery is going to be. And let's call it what it is. Mike Davis played spectacularly when he was called upon to come into the defensive lineup. So I know that from a number standpoint of what that looks like, but I don't see. I don't see how you could do anything, but possibly even try to restructure that, even if you can get that far. No, I, I agree. And, and Jake alluded to it. $17.5 million if you were to cut or trade for uh, draft capital for Keenan Allen. If you tried to, tr- if you wanted to trade or cut Gerald Everett, that's $4.25 million that the Chargers team could recoup. Mike Davis, $7.4 million cap hit if they were to cut or trade him. I just don't see it happening, Jake. Like he was CB1 on this team and they would have been lost without him. And now with kind of the unknown of JC Jackson, no clue. Um, Matt Filer, I think largely is probably the one cut candidate. I think everyone circles as most likely slash probably going to happen. That saves 6 million plus right there. So just on those four, you know, Matt Filer, Mike Davis, Gerald Everett, Keenan Allen, let's say they cut, Matt Filer, that's six million. So they went from twenty to roughly fourteen ish over the cap. Like they could cut Gerald Everett and retain, you know, four point two five million. But then you're like, all right, we got Trey McKitty, Donald Parm's a free agent. Like, what are you doing? So then you're gonna, okay, maybe we go tight end number one in the in the first round at twenty one. That's gonna cost you like two and a half million. So realistically, you're only saving like a million and change. So is that even worth it? Is I don't think it is. Getting rid of Mike Davis for seven million as a CB one for your team with the unknown and risks of a JC Jackson and his play and seeing how well this secondary played towards the end of the season is that worth it? I don't think so. The Keenan Allen one, Jake, and this is kind of this is a tough pill to swallow for me. Keenan Allen is and has been and will probably always be one of my favorite Chargers to ever play for this team. I love his swagger. I love his play style. I love his efficiency. I love his personality. He's always been a Chargers guy through and through, always been honest, and you always, always wears his emotions on his sleeve and has been a baller for this team. Like literally third and Allen. I remember going to watch the Buffalo Bills game in person at the soccer stadium, and he just roasted them all day long. Kellen Moore and lots of people talked about speed that's required on this offense. Keenan Allen is not speed. Now, you can win in other ways. $17 million added to your salary cap is awfully intriguing and opens up a lot of possibilities in both the free agent pool as well as contracts as well as the draft and just cap space flexibility, if you will. Like, that's that's hard. From from a team building perspective, in terms of like you know Justin Herbert taking away his his wide receiver one, like oh that hurts. But also imagining a future where the Chargers have flexibility, where they have Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, and Gerald Everett as kind of the core on Austin Eckler. Obviously, they can go out in the draft for free agency, look at tight end and or wide receiver with speed to kind of fill that in. Justin Herbert can in theory carry the load with this new offense with Kellen Moore. 
Like there, there's a path there. It, it could happen. Would it sting? Would it hurt? Yes. So I, like, I would cry <laughs> if it happened. But I, on the, on the same side, I would kind of understand it. Do you feel the same way? Like, am I crazy? Like, it years past, I'd be like, not a chance in hell, no way. But like, I kind of understand it, and where Daniel Popper comes in talking about like, there's a strong possibility that Keenan Allen could be cut. It will, yeah, it, should they traded my we're, we're not unfortunately we're not talking about a 25 year old Keenan Allen here we're not talking on about someone who's in the early parts of his his contract um this is where these deals that Ed McGuire and the Chargers have put together over the last couple of years when they get toward the end of this this is where the cap numbers really jump up and you look at this from this type of perspective Dan you know again he has as it stands right now two more years on his deal with this team. I don't think that he plays, if he stays with this team, I don't think that he plays beyond 2023. So it's it leaves you with probably the one move that gives you the most options. And yes, is it necessarily one that you are are forced to be happy with? No, there's no there's no being happy about any of this, regardless of how it goes down, other than him getting restructured and remaining with this team. I personally think that if it came down to it, the best situation that you could hope for that if you had to unload those contract numbers is you find a trade partner for him, get, you know, dump that in, dump that entire cap hit and get some assets for Keenan Allen now as it stands because he has proven that he is still a valuable, valuable playmaker. Do I want to see it? 100% absolutely not. I would love for him to remain with this team. This offense, no matter how it looks, no matter what personnel is in it, is better with Keenan Allen on the team. But just given the current Chargers contract situation, it, it's hard to where one of these big number players you just may not be able to avoid a tough decision. Yeah, and I think this is where it gets challenging because you look at Keenan Allen, for example. If, let's say, they were to cut or trade Keenan Allen, that could save them almost $18 million, 17.5. If they were to restructure it, they could save almost $9 million. So there's like roughly, I don't know, a $7 million delta there, $8 million delta between the two. Is that $8 million? worth losing like the consistency and worth losing the history that him and Justin Herbert and his offense have had. I don't know. Like th that's the tough decision to have versus if you're going to cut or trade versus restructure. And again, like restructuring takes two to tango. Like both guys need to be able to want to do this, both the team and the player. There is the possibility where the team can go to Keenan Allen and say, Hey, you know, we're a little beyond the pale. You still got lots of years left in theory. But we, given the current cap situation, we might just need some help from you. Would you be willing to take less? If you're Keenan Allen, do, do you want to take less? Like, I, I, I doubt he would. I mean, I doubt he would do that to stay here, given everything that's gone on with him and this franchise. I just don't see it. Do you? It's a tough question. I will not, I will not speak as if I am Keenan Allen. <laughs> I wouldn't even speak for myself as if I was in that situation. It's tough. It's it's just a very tough scenario. And the and the biggest thing here is that we have to remember, outside of what, what we're looking for in this upcoming season and freeing the immediate cap space, Justin Herbert is ready for his contract extension. And the Chargers want to get that done sooner rather than later. You still have the contracts of Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. I mean, hell, 
There were reports of Daniel Jones getting some absurd contract, and you damn sure don't want that to be a comparative to what Justin Herbert has done in this league already. So they want to get that done as soon as possible. If this was Justin Herbert's sophomore year, there could be a little bit more flexibility here and in terms of what you were looking for for the short term. But they are now have to keep that vision in terms of that cap space for him now moving forward. So realistically, uh, let's just go through these real fast. Um, Cause I do think it's important to kind of go through some possible solutions to this. Um, so I kind of just created a, a little intro exercise for folks that are kind of thinking through how this possibly could move forward in a positive way. So in my eyes, perfect scenario, perfect case for setting up success for 2023 and 2024. Again, we'll take it as a year-to-year basis. Remember, like Brandon Staley has to win this year. Kellen Moore has to win this year. Tom Telesco has to win this year. So in my eyes, perfect scenario. Contract restructures for the following guys. Joey Bosa, JC Jackson, Corey Lindsley, and Keenan Allen. And in this, given what the Chargers have in offensive linemen and the current situation they've got, Zion Johnson, they've got Jamari Sawyer, both of which seem to be very, very promising. The six-plus-million-dollar cap hit for Matt Filer just doesn't make sense. And so if you go those four restructures and you cut Matt Filer, just those four alone, restructures plus the one cut, five total transactions, that gives this Chargers team almost $46 million in cap space freed up for this coming year, which would take them from 20 million plus over the cap to then 25.6 million under the cap in the green, able to spend on draft picks, retaining free agents, i.e. Trey Pipkins, Drew Tranquil, and possibly going out there in the free agent market and picking up someone, whether it's a speed wide receiver, whether it's more offensive line depth, whether it's a safety, there's a ton of safeties on the market now. That's just one way. And again, you can take many of these and kind of interchange them to see what the, what the math is. It's math. It works. Take Let's say they don't do Keenan Allen. That's now roughly $36 million that they've saved. That's still $15-plus million the team has in cap space. Like... I put this here, Jake. I think we both want to just showcase the team is fine. The team has plenty of ways to get out of this. Do they have to be creative? Certainly. Is it going to be easy? No. But like, that's kind of their job. You see the Chiefs do it all the time. Was it a couple years back, Jake, where they were like so much in cap hell? And then all of a sudden you blink an eye and they restructured a couple, signed new extensions, and bam, they're fixed. Yeah, but again, it does limit you, as you were saying, Dan. Brandon Staley needs to win now. Tom Telesco needs to win now. And you have a new offensive coordinator that's coming in with this whole new vision about how he wants to hit this next level in this offense. You know, it it may take more than the guys that you have on your current roster to get that done. So it's not going to be, obviously, it's not going to be like last year where the Chargers had some of the most cap space that they have probably had, I mean, definitely had since Tom Telesco has been this GM, but the most cap space and them going out and executing the most moves that I can remember for the better part of the past 25 years for them to be that aggressive in free agency. And unfortunately, this is kind of where 
it's coming back to bite them a little bit in the wallet. So they, you know, you have to do what you have to do. And yes, as you said, is it going to be easy? No. Can you get creative? Do you have options? Sure you do. But that's why I said, I don't think that the Chargers are going to have the benefit of being players in free agency outside of in-house candidates that they have, namely Drew Tranquil and Trey Pipkins. Of course, you have to keep the, um, the small handful amount to sign your draft picks. But depending on what you could do, and again, based off of what I was telling you earlier, Dan, I don't see... If, if everything that you have up on the screen right now obviously came to fruition, <laughs> then we'd, we wouldn't even have to have this podcast. Really, we wouldn't. Let, you know, we could just shut the hell up. Call me Edmire. Right. But if... I'm going to guess maybe half of this happens. Best case scenario, half of this happens. Which half I mean, do you think is best case? Like, which half do you think is most likely to happen? <sighs> I think Matt, in my opinion, Matt Filer, I think is probably going to happen. Filer is the consensus that de- that definitely will happen. I think, I think Bosa is most likely going to happen. I think you look happen. to Bosa for his cap hit. I think you have to do something with that. And then if we can read, I mean, again, the gray area with Keenan Allen, you know, we hear the comments from Tom Telesco as far as how much he said publicly that he values him. But then you start hearing rumblings from the inside and just it may be, end up being one of those hard pills to swallow that you just can't get around. I just, I don't know. I don't know. The J.C. Jackson one is fascinating because it, we're in such uncharted territory with this injury. And, right. you know, in terms of leverage, like, I, I don't know how that's going to go for him, like, in moving forward. Like, it's a lot of dead money, but also, like... We don't even know if he's going to play again. So, like, does it make sense to restructure it and kind of give some securities to JC? I, I don't know. That's a whole different discussion. You know, I think the Keenan Allen one, like, in my opinion, do I what I think is most likely is the Chargers restructure Keenan Allen, Joey Bosa, JC Jackson. Those are the three, and most likely are going to be cutting Matt Filer. And this allows them to have Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, go get a wide receiver or two for speed, keep continuity. You can arguably keep Gerald Everett. You could possibly go get a Dalton Kincaid or go get someone crazy for a tight end. And let's roll. So like, you, think that, you think that four-fifths of what you have on the screen right now is going to happen? I think the most likely is going to be Joey Bosa, Matt Filer. So I think those two are going to happen. The J.C. Jackson one, I honestly have no clue, but I feel like something is going to happen there. So that's three. And then I think they're going to go to my, they're going to go to Keenan Allen and say, like, look, we want you to be here. We don't want you leaving, but we want to make this work. In order to make it work, like, we have to restructure this. So yeah, I, I and that, I, and again, call me the optimist, which <laughs> I'll sign me up because that's what I am. That's what I see. Hey, man, I'm on your train right now, man. I hope to God that you're right. <laughs> because none of this, as far as the Keenan Allen's leaving, don't, don't get a twist. I am not calling for that has to be the right move, and that's what Me should either. be done. I'm not calling for that. So I hope to God that you're right, Dan. It's just how often do you see this many big money guys? And I'm talking about this many because the Chargers have quite a few of them. Yep. It's not like one or two guys that are really impacting your 
your cap and that you can get around that easy with a couple of negotiation talks. There's a lot of decisions from a free agency standpoint that the Chargers have to make here in order just to get themselves back at net zero before they even start getting themselves back in the green. We haven't even so, talked to, we haven't talked about Khalil Mack discussion. Like that's a $27 million cap hit. <sighs> People are saying, Oh, we should just cut Khalil Mack. Like y'all are crazy. Look, like, look, <laughs> Look, whether we're talking about Joey Bosa, whether we're talking about Khalil Mack, did anybody see who was playing behind them this year? Because I sure as hell did. I didn't. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. I mean, you you can't just cut them and expect that whoever it is that you grab at 21 or if you decide to sign a low-level free agent, that that's going to be able to replicate that type of production. You cannot just assume something like that. So I get it from a numbers perspective. It's not the best type of situation. But Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, when they are healthy and when they are on the field as a duo, they are lethal. Remember week one, week two. What the Chargers have failed at is putting better depth behind that group. So um, lots of figures being thrown out. Obviously, and it's not a fun conversation, but I think it's an interesting one that the Chargers are kind of in a position where they have to do this. You know, there are certainly some low hanging fruit possibilities, you know, like the Bryce Callahan's, the Morgan Fox, Kyle Van Noyes. Like, I think those contracts are there to be had. Now, do I think those guys have played themselves into better contracts than they probably got this year? I do. Like, Morgan Fox had a great year, Bryce Callahan was a stud. Like Kyle Van Noy, you saw what he did ratcheting up his end of season. Like those guys played out their contract pretty darn well. You know what the interesting thing about this is, Dan, is that the only three wide receivers that you have, technically, as far as your starting lineup goes, your your five that you had at the beginning of the season, only three of those as of this moment right now are under contract. Is Guyton still under contract, by the way? Jalen Jalen Guyton is technically well. Technically, he's an he's an RFA, but who knows what's going to happen with that situation? And then um, with DeAndre Carter, he's a UFA right now. There's so another one. You already know you have to reload the wide receiver position. There's no question about that. But you're gonna have that. Are you possibly gonna take that much turnover? In I can your imagine. Core? Imagine that, Jake. Imagine like your 2023, 24 wide receiver class, wide receivers for the Chargers team. The only ones coming back. Imagine it being just Mike Williams and Josh, Josh Palmer. Look, you saw what this offense looked like with that much turnover at the wide receiver position last year. That'd be insane. I don't think anybody wants to see that again. I don't think Justin Herbert wants to see that again. If we're being honest. Like, that's a lot to ask. Like, that's basically putting him in a new scheme and a new offense. Like, ugh, that's tough. So, these coming weeks are going to be important. Tom Telesco said at the end of your press conference, like, this is kind of the time. We're in the thick of the time now where they start having these discussions and making these decisions about this. So, it's the time is kind of now, uh, at least for some of these decisions. We'll see. Um, again, charges currently. $20 million over the cap. They got to do something. But like we said, many options that the Chargers have. Um, other options, Jake, that the Chargers have were on display the last week or two in Shrine Bowl, in the Senior Bowl, practices, games. I think we should talk about that. 
I mean, the practices were better than the games. Let's <laughs> let's admit that we weren't fully expecting that. The Shrine Bowl, everybody was begging for just a touchdown. Please, just give me one in the Shrine Bowl. And unfortunately, the Senior Bowl ended up being a less than competitive affair that we were all hoping it was from both sides. It was pretty much just a stampede from the one side, and it was game over. But the practices were a hell of a lot more interesting than the actual games, which was great, because I think that a lot of these guys got more than just three hours on a Saturday or a Thursday to display what they got. I agree. So we're going to talk about some of the standouts, some of the things that came out of Senior Bowl week and the East-West Shrine Bowl uh, possible prospect for the Chargers to be looking at, Chargers fans to get excited about, possible positions that maybe the Chargers fans haven't really been thinking about uh, as we kind of gear up for all things NFL draft. Uh, until then, that's Jake Hefter, Dan Wolkenstein. Guys, gals, thank you so much for tuning in. Go ahead and make sure to hit that like and subscribe. We'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed.